So I want to share with you this morning, just in a few minutes that we have together, why, why family fifth is so important to this church. I want to help you understand the value of us coming together. I want to challenge you to think about how you contribute to Family Fifth. Today we're celebrating, it's, it's Red Sunday, and I, I get it, it's a bye week for the Chiefs, but we're going to celebrate and have fun together. And like Pastor said, Casey Wolf is going to be out in our lobby at the close of the service today, so you can head out there if you want to get a picture, you sure can. Uh, he is there to just celebrate this time together. But I want to encourage you to consider that when we come together for Family Fifth, that there, there are two things that I want you to think about this morning. One is worship, and the second is prayer. And I want you to think about the value of when we as a congregation all come together. Not just adults, not just teens, not just kids in their area, but all of us coming together because there's power in that when we all come together. Multiple generations coming to worship together and pray together. So I just want you to consider those two thoughts this morning. So first, let's talk about the opportunity that we have as a church body to model for our children how to worship God in spirit and in truth. How are they going to know how to worship if we don't teach them, right? We need to be able to teach our kids. Have you considered how you have learned to worship God? Perhaps in your childhood, you know, as I was thinking about this, I thought, man, when I think back, I kind of enjoyed as a, as a child, a church setting similar to this. And I thought, but I remember stories of my mom talking about church and her experience was uh, she would usually had somebody that showed her what to do. She would sit there usually, she said she always expressed a pew, not a, not a chair, but a pew. And for some reason, orange comes to mind. And she said that she would sit in that pew, and sometimes she would be awake, and sometimes she'd be asleep. Sometimes she would pass out. And she said, son, sometimes I would get so hot, I would hold this fan. Paper fan. And she would fan herself. And then she would just pass out from the exhaustion because she was tired. And all of that, she would learn worship, she would learn prayer, she would learn church. But the key to all that wasn't everything I just shared with you, except for the very first thing that I said, and that was she had somebody that showed her, somebody that modeled for her what church was. And she also said, you know, sometimes I'd fall asleep in that pew and I'd realize when I'd wake up, it was kind of smelly, it was kind of weird. It was kind of, it kind of was dingy. And I, and so I quickly got up. She said it was my waking point to get up and be alert and see what's going on next. What's the next part of church? So, so she was in church, but the thing, the the point was she had somebody that was showing her. Jesus spoke and he modeled. He would, he would teach or share a concept with his disciples. And then he would model before them what he had just said, what it meant. He would show them, he would walk it out. You know, when I first came to be the children's pastor here, one of the things that I noticed very quickly was when we would transition from our fun elements, 
like from a, a game time, we would usually go into worship next. And I noticed very quickly that, that our kids, when we, would, when we transitioned to that time, there was, there was kind of the drop of the shoulders sometimes, not always, but a, a often it would be the drop of the shoulders and like, a, oh man, okay. And a lot of times we would play a video and then they would sit in the chair. And what ended up happening in that moment in time was we had a professional that made a video that we could play on screen and it just became a moment of entertainment. And it wasn't a time of worship. And I thought, how can we fix this? What can we do? And I also started noticing that when we went into a time of worship, not always, but often, our leaders would retreat to the back as the, as the professionals came on the screen. And we would retreat to the back and we'd be planning or talking about what the next steps were. And we would disengage in worship. And we weren't up front and we weren't worshiping God And then we wondered why, I'm sitting here going, why were the kids not worshiping, right? And so quickly I said, hey, we've got to change this. I want all of our leaders, when we are there, as many as possible, we need to be engaged in worship with the kids, showing them how to worship. Now, move a year and a half, we're almost on two years now. I don't know, uh, you know, before... I could count on one, maybe two hands, how many kids were basically, we encourage our kids to come up front to do worship. I could count on usually one hand how many kids would come up. Now almost, I can almost count on one hand how many are sitting down. And there are times when we're in worship where I have tears because we're teaching worship. We're showing these kids the value of an extraordinary God, of a God that loves us, that he's so amazing that it compels us to want to worship him. So I knew it had to change. We had to do something. And today I'm happy to report that we have transitioned and and worship is good. It's it's not where I want it to be, but it is so good. And I'm seeing these kids drawn to worship with God and they're seeing their leaders beside them and we're together in this, worshiping God together. So we can teach the next generation what worship looks like, but when does this action turn from expectation to desire, from motions to a song to a movement of admiration? It doesn't change until they understand the greatness of God. It doesn't change until they understand how amazing God is. You see, we don't worship something until it's beyond our comprehension of normal. And that's when we have a heart change and we begin to worship. We don't worship anything that's like us. We don't worship anything that's normal We worship something that's extraordinary. And that's our God. So this is where you come in, the here and now. One aspect of why Family Fifth is so important to this church is because we have the opportunity to teach this next generation what adoration of our God looks like through worship. We have that opportunity. What compels you to worship God? 
For you, has it become expected? Something you just do, a practice that you do? Have you forgotten your first love? And why is he so important to you? Every moment that we have is an opportunity to praise our Lord. And when we praise God, there should not be anyone in here sitting down in their seat. We should all be up and admiring and worshiping God with our voice. The very, the very voice that he gave us, the breath that we use to express how amazing he is, how extraordinary he is, he gave that to us. There's not a single one of us that should not have a heart of adoration and a thankful heart of saying, God, you are amazing. You are crazy awesome. And I thought it would be awesome for just a moment for us together to use a whole bunch of big words for a minute. Kids, are you ready? I need you to pay attention. I need your eyes on the screen. There's gonna be a lot of big, big words up here and I want us to say this together and it's an acknowledgement. It's just a whole bunch of words acknowledging the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. Let's say this together. Remarkable, exceptional. Come on, I can hear you. Amazing, astonishing, astounding, marvelous, wonderful, sensational, stunning, incredible, unbelievable, get louder, miraculous, phenomenal, spectacular, outstanding, impressive, unforgettable, unique, fantastic, terrific, tremendous, stupendous, awesome, extraordinary. We try. We try to use the English language to express how extraordinary our God is. We try. That list could go on, couldn't it? And it could go on for eternity. It could go on about how amazing he is. We try to exalt him and share with him how much we love him because he's an extraordinary God. Our attitude of worship and prayer is on display for all to see. When we come here for Family Fifth, our kids, this next generation, gets to see why we engage in amazing God. Our young people need to see us engaged in an expression to God of how amazing he is through authentic worship. Authentic worship is a deeply and personal emotional experience that you can model and they will emulate. They're only going to do what they see. Right actions are a springboard for right emotions. This is an important part of teaching authentic worship to kids. See, here's, here's the key, is that children have a kid-sized view of the greatness of God. They have a kid-sized view. Sometimes they'll dream and sometimes we get to get into their world and we get to hear them say amazing things about God, but often it's what they were taught. It's what was spoken over them. It's what was said. We need to show them how extraordinary God is through our worship. Second thing that we need to do and we need to think about is how important our prayer life is that that is a springboard for the Holy Spirit to do some amazing things in our lives. Family Fifth gives us a moment to model what prayer is in a young person's heart and what it should look like. In kids' service, we end our services upstairs in prayer. 
We pray for missionaries. Every time Pastor Dennis will text or email me, hey, we've got a missionary coming. Uh, Do you have a spot? Always, absolutely, yes. I say in kids ministry, they are our heroes. We are helping them fund by funding, but they are the hands and feet of what we aspire to want to do someday. I would love to go and be where they are at times, but God has called them specifically for that. And I share with our kids, they're our heroes. They're our present day heroes. They are going and expressing to countries where it can be dangerous about how much they love God, that same God that we talk about each and every week. So we pray with our missionaries, we pray over them, and we encourage them. And it's not me and the missionaries and the kids sitting down. Kids, what do you do? You get up, right? We encourage you to come down, and we circle around each other, and we pray, and we really seek God and say, God, move in these missionaries. Continue to direct them, lead them, guide them, keep them safe. They hear leaders praying often in our kids' ministry, and we're encouraging the kids to pray as well. We do it together. We have an opportunity that is unique with Family Fifth. And here's here's the uniqueness of it. How often do we all come together? Only Family Fifth. This is where the youngest of kids and the most seasoned come together. Imagine what could happen if God grabs a hold of us all united together in this one moment, in this one building, as we're in worship, as we're in prayer, as we're one accord, as a church. What could God do? We engage in corporate worship because this is when and where the Holy Spirit shows up. The Holy Spirit shows up and he teaches and he inspires and he interprets and he speaks to us in our heart. As the word comes, he does his thing through us all. He begins to move in and through us. He begins to convict where we need to be convicted, where we need to remove some of us and add more of him. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. The Spirit draws out the truth from the sermon and applies it to our heart. And when we gather, we can sense the Spirit among us. And then Jesus encouraged us with this concept when he said in John 4, 23, but a time is coming and even now has arrived when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. And that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. We're coming together, one accord, to worship God, to share with him how amazing he is, to, to put him on a pedestal because he is the hero. He is the valued one. He is amazing. I'm sorry, I'm gonna move this just a little bit, guys. Adjust if you can. So I'm gonna turn this over in a second, but I, I wanna share something with you guys. I want you to think about, just for a moment, I want you to think about you and the generations under you. So I'm asking the older saints to be thinking about the younger saints in a moment. And then younger saints, like teenagers, you think about the kids for a moment. And kids, you get excited here for a moment because when we truly become the church, God can do amazing things. And here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about who in your life are you modeling for? 
Who are you being example for? Who are you aiding in life to be a better person? Who are you encouraging? Who are you showing the way? When we think about Jesus and his way, who are you mentoring? Who are you guiding? You see, God can do beautiful and amazing things when we're simply willing to do what he's called us to do. I wanna show you this painting because I want you guys to understand something. When we, someone that has experience with something, take and gird the next generation where we bring them in tight and we teach them what we have learned. God can do amazing things. You see, my son, Ian, he painted this picture. He painted this picture having never painted before. This is a pastel work. He was 11 years old when he did this. Raise your hand if if that blows you away. What if I told you he had never picked up a medium before in his life other than a pencil to just draw and scribble? He was trying to figure out in 2011, I believe, 12, 13, somewhere in there, he was trying to figure out, Dad, uh, what am I gonna do for fine arts? Fine arts is an amazing opportunity for our young people to explore their gifts and talents and express that of how extraordinary their God is. And in this scenario, he said, what do I do? And I said, what about Karen? You see, this is a family member that paints, that works with mediums, that knows what she's doing. She wouldn't call her a master. She wouldn't call herself an expert. She just knows the art. And so for almost, I think it was three days, they worked together on this. She taught him step-by-step how to do this piece of art. He was so happy, he brought it back home and he's like, dad, check this out. And he shows us what he had done. I was in disbelief. I was like, you did not do that, Karen did. No, dad, I did it. There's no way you did it. How long did it take you? Just a couple of days, dad, no big deal. There's no way you did this. And he said, yeah. I said, how in the world did you do this? She taught me one step at a time. When are we gonna wake up? This next generation, if you have breath in your lungs, this next generation needs us. If you have breath in your lungs, you need to express how extraordinary our God is because he's worth it. And who knows? Who knows what kind of painting, what kind of amazing creation will come out of that? When we are just willing to say, God, here am I. God, here am I. Use me. We should not have to be begging people to come and serve in ministry. We should not have to be doing that. If all of our hearts are right, 
the Holy Spirit challenges us to be a part of the body. And being a part of the body means that we are ready to do our part because we serve an extraordinary God. So I want to end with this. I want to encourage everybody to stand up. And here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask all of the family units that are in here today. If you are a family and you have kids and you're basically up to teens and they're still living in the home with you, I want to encourage you in this moment, we're going to go into just a moment of prayer. Please nobody leave. We're going to go into just a few moments of prayer and I'm going to close. If you are a family unit and you have kids, I want you to, if you could, if you could get out in the aisles, either come down front or stay in the aisle. If you could start moving that way now. I want to encourage you guys to step out. And the rest of us, after they have moved out, I want to encourage you as families, move out. Move out into these aisles. Now it's time for movement. Go ahead, move out. As they move out, I want to encourage the rest of you to gather around these families. And we're going, to, we're going to pray together. Because here's the thing. The world wants to destroy the family unit. The very thing that God has made and orchestrated and designed. And I want you guys to be in prayer with me. Let's pray together. Surround these families. There's a family down front here. Surround them. They need to feel supported. We need to be supporting one another. Move out of your chairs. Move to people now. Go to the families. There's a whole families over here. There's still families down front here that need people around them. Come on, move out, move out, move out, move out, move out. You shouldn't be sitting in your chairs anymore. Move to people that need prayer. There's families down here, down front. We're gonna pray together. This is a little bit different, but this is how we're gonna close today because we need to be praying together. We need to be modeling for this next generation, not only worship, but prayer. And we need to be praying for one another. So gather, gather around some families. Gather around some families. And I want you to begin to pray. I want you to pray for their future that it's bright. I want you to pray that they become boastful in how extraordinary their, their God is. And I want you to pray that God will use them in great and mighty ways for his kingdom. All right, so let's begin to pray that. Just lift them up in prayer. Pray over them, pray over them. And then I will close us here in just a moment in prayer. Go ahead and pray. Hallelujah, Lord. We just praise you this morning, God. You are so amazing and so extraordinary. Thank you, God, for being in our midst. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being a God that is so amazing. Lord, we just ask that you would just be with each and every family unit here, Lord, today. God, I pray, Father, that you would use them, God, to express to this community how amazing you are. God, that you would gird each and every family, that you would make them a strong, strong family, God. Where the enemy has tried to come in and destroy, Lord, would you help them to pick up the pieces and be stronger than before? Lord, would you 
Help us awaken inside of each and every one of us what our gifts and talents are, God, so that you can fashion and use them according to growing your kingdom, Lord. God, help us to be a church, God, that is in this community making a difference and use each and every family that is here today, God, to do just that. Lord, help us to be boastful in how amazing you are. God, we thank you, God, that we get to come together that there is value when we come together. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to do great and amazing and awesome things through this church. We are looking to a bright future. And God, we know that when you are in the midst and you are doing your thing, God, we just get to be a part of it. Lord, would you continue to use us? Would you continue to influence this community in positive ways? Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to be together. And everybody said, amen, amen. I pray you have an awesome week. I wanna encourage you to shake hands and love on one another this week. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget, Casey Wolf is out in the lobby to take pictures with you.